The book sort of tells a tale of two Frankens. One is funny and one is serious. And the book itself is a mix of humor and insight. I'm curious what prompted you to write this book at this time. Well, I've been asked uh, one question over and over again since I've been a senator, which is, is being a United States senator as much fun as working on Saturday Night Live? And the answer, of course, to that is no. <laughs> you know, why would it be? But it's the best job I've ever had. And it's the best job I've ever had because I get to work to improve people's lives and have, you know, when you do that successfully, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling. And when I passed my first piece of legislation two weeks in that got service dogs, uh, for veterans with invisible wounds from Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, I co-wrote the energy title in the Farm Bill that did a lot of good things for for Minnesota and in uh, making rural, uh, rural uh, Minnesota, uh, making grants and uh, uh, loan guarantees uh, available to them to, to do uh, different kinds of energy projects and energy efficiency projects and uh, renewable energy and things that made things m- more uh, more efficient. Uh, mental health in schools is something that I've been a champion. I've been very successful in getting funded, and I know I've seen firsthand uh, what a difference that makes. So um, that's kind of why I did this, and I wanted to tell the odd story about how I went from comedy uh, to this work I do in the Senate, and uh, and I am probably the, I am the first comedian who was in, <laughs> has been in the Senate, and I also have written a lot about, a lot of books about politics, and I thought this was, it made a lot of sense to do it. If the comedy writer Al Franken were to satirize Senator Al Franken, where would you start? Well, I would start exactly where I started in this book. I mean, that's part of what this book does. I'm pretty—I think I'm more honest than uh, you get in most of your Senate memoirs. And so, and a lot of what happened to me is and how I acted and how I— adjusted to be becoming a politician if you will uh was funny so uh that's that's where i i, I kind of start where i was uh you know i grew up in st louis park and uh you know two bedroom one bath house my dad didn't graduate high school was a printing salesman but i felt like the luckiest kid in the world um and uh i thought i could be anything i wanted and so I talk, a lot of this is about the middle class. And my my wife, Franny, who I met freshman year in college, she uh, grew up very poor because her father died when she was 18 months old, leaving her mom widowed with five kids. So I talk about how they made it and the role of government. That stuff ain't that funny, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's a core value. It's, a, it's why... Uh, why I do what I do, which is I, I want to help uh, build a strong middle class and help people who are aspiring to become middle class get there. And in Franny's family's case, 
they got there because of uh, Social Security survivor benefits. My mother-in-law had five kids um, at, at age 29, a widow, and they made it because of Social Security survivor benefits. They'd, sometimes the heat was turned off. Sometimes they didn't have enough food to eat. In fact, often, but but they made it and. Uh, all the girls in the family, four of them, went to college on Pell Grants and scholarships. And um, my mother-in-law finally went to college on the GI Bill and became a teacher. And so I'm, really the book is partly that gut value that I have about that there is a, a role for government. You know, they tell you... Roll, uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, first, you got to have the boots, and the government gave Franny's family the boots, and they're all in the middle class, are all productive, tax-paying members of society. Um, and that's sort of the basics of why I do what I do in the Senate, and uh, why I think it's important what I do. And then, um, you know, I talk about. The campaign I had with Norm Coleman, and that gets funny at times. <laughs> that's that's actually one of my favorite sections of the book. It's it's very illuminating. It's very funny. It, it, it's it, you had a rocky campaign, and you're kind of describing how you're learning the ropes as you're deciding to sort of put your uh, foot into politics somewhat. How? how how difficult was it to suppress the the wisecracking version of yourself when you decided to become a senator? Because you obviously took it very seriously. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, basically, I thought it would be an asset being funny. <laughs> and uh, what happened is the Coleman campaign took pretty much everything I'd ever said or written and put it through a $15 million machine called a dehumorizer. And if you take the context out of everything, you know, a lot of what you do in, in satire is irony, hyperbole, those kinds of things. If you take that out, sometimes they don't look so good. So I had to learn early on that the being, having been in comedy wasn't that, wasn't an asset at all. In fact, it was a liability because so much could be taken out of context. And then I had to learn, uh, some, uh, some, Skills and politician skills that I just not was not used to, <laughs> like pivoting. Pivoting is like when you're asked a question like you're now 20 points percentage points behind Norm Coleman in the polls. Why do you think that is? And I would just say why I thought it was. And pivoting when and I'm sure people do it to you all the time when you're interviewing them, Scott. The right pivot is to go, you know what, as I go around Minnesota, people don't care. Minnesotans don't care about polls. What they care about is their kids' education. And they care that Minnesotans get good health care and that they, they won't go bankrupt if they get really sick. That That's a pivot. <laughs> so I had to learn that. And, uh, you know, it was a very uh, steep learning curve for me. And uh, I clobbered. Norm Coleman in the uh, narrowest clobbering in history, <laughs> 312 votes. You, you talk a lot in the book about Paul Wellstone. He was not just your friend, but I think he, it sounds like he was something of a mentor to you politically. 
Tell me a little bit about his influence on you as a person and as a statesman. I think less than a mentor, he was more of a hero. Uh, he was someone who, uh, when he told you where he was, you knew that, you know, he didn't prevaricate. He was where he was. So he took a very, very difficult vote. Most people in America and in Minnesota were for going to war in Iraq in October of 2002, about a month before the ele- election day, and he took a vote saying, I don't think we should do this. And he was convinced that he was going to lose. But the people of Minnesota actually went up in the polls. And I, th- and I think he did that, that happened because they, people in Minnesota respect the politician who says what he believes and believes what he says, and they took their measure of Paul Wellstone and said, well, we know, we may not agree with him, I may not agree with him on everything, but I know that he has integrity. And so that's, that's why I uh, love Paul so much, and also because I, he fought for, for people, including people who were vulnerable. He helped homeless vets. He, he did... Um, he fought for mental health and um, addiction treatment uh, parity, and it got that done, but it didn't get done actually until about uh, six years after he died. Taking a, a kind of a big leap here from from Paul Wellstone to Ted Cruz, you devote a chapter to him. You you're not a fan, uh, and th- does it feel good to to say how you really feel? Uh, about a colleague in the Senate like that? And then secondly, do you have any regrets about being so candid about your feelings? Uh, no. I, Ted is sort of the exception uh, that proves the rule. Ted violated a, a Senate norm by calling Mitch McConnell a liar on the floor. So I make an exception for him. And Ted is just one of these guys that is... Uh, there's a lot of toxicity. The Republicans in the Senate have said pretty much the same thing I have, and it's not it's not about him being a Republican. It's not about him having being very 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 conservative. I have a lot of Republican friends, that, and I talk about that. Uh, Johnny Isaacson, uh, a very conservative senator from Georgia, was the uh, co-sponsor of my bill that got. Uh, service dogs for these veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan, and he and I are great friends. Lindsey Graham, I just love Lindsey Graham. I remember when he was running for, for president last uh, last election, and he was in the primaries, and he was like 16th out of 17th. And I just went, I said, Lindsey, if, if, if I were voting in the Republican primaries, I'd vote for you. And he said, that's my problem. <laughs> and you know, I just uh, I try to reach out. I, it's really important to be to to be effective, to have good relationships, which is I think why Ted doesn't get much done or anything done. And I have started a few things like my Secret Santa, where Republicans and Democrats give each other. It's a, Secret Santa is something I had in St. Louis Park in grade school, where you pick a name from a hat and then you get. Everybody gets a present, so no one's feeling get hurt. I'm making sure that no one's. Ted has Ted has uh, been involved in the Secret Santa, and he got a present. And uh, then I do the hot dish off for the whole Minnesota delegation. Um, 
Michelle Bachman uh, was the first Republican to agree to do that. Now we get everybody. And uh, it's really important that you get along, you know, with uh, with with everybody. And uh, that's why uh, I use Ted as an example of someone who, who doesn't. The book is a pretty thorough look back on, on your life uh, starting from childhood. I'm curious, what, what have you learned about yourself since becoming a senator? And then also, you talk a lot about Minnesota in the book. What have you learned about Minnesota? Well, in the Senate, um, I, you know, your job in the Senate is to represent your state. I went to Israel in 2010 on a trip there, and I met with members of the Knesset, their parliament, and realized that everybody in the Knesset, every member of the Knesset, represents all of Israel. There's no one in the Knesset who represents you know, the northern suburbs of Tel Aviv or something like that. If they have a different system, a parliamentary system. You do represent your party, I guess. But the, the framers are a constitution that every state gets two senators. So we get Amy Klobuchar, who's our senior senator, and, and I'm the junior senator. And our job is to fight for Minnesota. And what I've learned, the best thing I've learned and I write this in as my last chapter, which is being as good as the people you serve. I've learned uh, so much about communities in Minnesota that are doing great things. I write a thing about Wilmer in this, uh, the graduation uh, ceremony um, from the high school that I uh, invited myself to because the class speaker, the young woman who was voted class speaker, had been a page for me, and she, her name's Muna Abdullahi, and Muna um, was is, is Somali, and they chose her as class speaker. And the Wilmer class, when I looked at the program, looked like about you know sixty uh, percent uh, your Minnesota, Norwegian, German stock, and uh, the. Uh, Tate Hovland was the class president, and he literally was German <laughs> and, and uh, Norwegian. And the, the valedictorian, um, Meta uh, Mera, um, uh, I can't remember, she had a hyphenated last name, it was born in Ecuador. And about 15% of the kids were uh, Latino, and about 10% were Somali. And these kids loved each other. And that community is just works and that school works that school system works and she got a standing ovation i i invite myself so i could introduce her um but going around the state you go to communities where i i i'm trying to do workforce uh training and training people for uh the high skilled and middle skilled jobs that exist that are middle class jobs and I go to roundtables in communities that are doing that very thing, and where the high school principal and the school superintendent and the uh, president of the uh, community and technical college in the area and the, manu- the advanced manufacturers and the hospital or the clinic that need health care people are all working together because these kids and these the parents want their kids to stay in the community and the the kids want to too and have a good job so uh, what i've learned is how great 
people in Minnesota are. And I take stuff back like mental health in schools because I learn about what we're doing in Minnesota, the right things we're doing in Minnesota. I also hear from people about what they need. And, uh, you know, certainly on this latest health care bill, I'm co-chair of the Rural Health Caucus in the Senate, and I went around all, I've gone around all Minnesota going to hospitals and the nursing homes. And this, this bill that was passed in the House is not good. It's very bad. And uh, people in rural Minnesota were telling me that. And uh, so uh, I, I uh, listen to what people need and try to get it for them, but I also learn from people of Minnesota and uh, learn from their example and, and try to get that stuff done, too. The book is called Al Franken, Giant of the Senate. So clearly you've mastered the political thing. Do you have aspirations politically or in life beyond uh, being a U.S. senator? And what's next? Uh, no. <laughs> well, well, you know, uh, I'm a grandfather. I have three grandchildren right now. And I suspect I'll have a fourth in some time. And uh, so part of my goal is to... Um, I'm... In Washington, uh, Fanny and I used to live on the hill, uh, walking distance to my office, like an eight-minute walk to my office. Uh, We have our daughter and her husband and two children live about a 45-minute commute uh, from the hill. And uh, about five months ago, we moved to be two blocks away from them. So... um, Franny can spend more time with them, but I also get to spend more time with them. But that means I have an hour and a half of uh, commute time. But I just it was important to us to be near our our grandchildren, and that's what I mean about when I'm around in a community and people are trying to, you know, develop curriculums so that um, kids in in high school can get training to be a certified nurse's assistant so they can work in the community and and then maybe that that uh that person can be a CNA and work as a CNA during college and go to end up going to med school and becoming a doctor or a nurse practitioner or um so my goals are to uh so that you know every kid in Minnesota has the opportunities that I had and that uh, my children had and my grandchildren uh, have.